0: hey everybody you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world whereabouts failure brought to you by p2e studios as
1: soon
2: as you are able, woman i'm Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast for runners that are trying to rebrand the sport of running or the the podcast for runners that are trying to enter the witness protection program. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve,
3: the boys are back together. Dispel all the rumors that, you know, we're breaking up and it's going to be a two-person podcast. No, we're all together. We're all in one room. And I just want to share a quick story. So, I am in the final stages of moving out of my house in Connecticut. So we are getting very, very close to losing the somewhere off the coast of Connecticut, uh, phrase there, which I can't um, wait to
2: take out. The yeah, we're, we're, of.
3: Yeah, We're getting there. And um, one thing I, we're selling the couch to the landlord and my dog ripped a little hole in the couch. So I had to try sewing today, which I have surely never done. And, um, no exaggeration, it took me 20 to 25 minutes to thread the needle to sew. And I've always heard the expression, like, you know, it's like trying to thread the needle. Threading the needle is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. By the time I got to sewing, I just stopped caring, and I just, it looks like shit. It's terrible because I was so frustrated and angry of trying to thread the needle. So threading the needle is a very real thing, gentlemen.
2: And uh, Mike has been packing all day and it looks like he's been been enjoying a few beverages while he's been packing. So I'm guessing it's going to be a pretty entertaining episode for Mike. And as always at the House of Meg, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. I was hoping this would be our
0: Boston Celtics victory uh, celebration podcast, but instead I'll just toot my horn about how I am a master seamstress. I can thread a needle. I tell you that much. There was a time few years ago where i just like had a a, you know a t-shirt i didn't want to get rid of i just i like the shirt and then the ties too you know how little little thing on the back of the tie that you tuck the small part of the tie into uh, and that little tag thing flaps open taught myself how to how to thread the needle i taught myself how to sew so michael the next time you have sewing issues i want you to give me a call i'm gonna come over to your house and you're gonna let let trent master master seamstress is that it yeah, is that kind of a feminine turn? The is there is there I a mean, I male? think you're a, a seamster. Seem,
3: seamster, yeah, a seamster. Seemster. Okay, I am
0: a, I am a master seamster. So <laughs> you give me a call up, and I'll let uh, seamster Trent take a take a look at that couch for you.
2: <laughs> well, boys, I it's been a long it's been a long time since I've been this excited for an episode because we had USA champs, and I think for the peak too early podcast for what we talk about for our listeners it had a little bit of everything it had great races it had upsets it had drama it had uh just it, it had it had twitter beef it had i mean it, it everything you wanted from like a three or a four day track meet um as a fan as somebody uh you know, covering the sport it had now it could have been better. And we're going to comment on like what parts of this could have been better. But for me, just as somebody that's going to sit in front of a microphone and rant and rave about some of these things and comment on the race. Like, I think, I think I had more fun watching this, this USA championships than I've had watching any of the previous USA championships that I've watched.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, as far as like storylines go, maybe not like pure races and people we like to watch and all that stuff. I think storylines alone, this was better than the trials. Yeah. Just storylines.
2: Storylines for sure. And Mike, it brings me to a point that I want to make here. Like when I think in, in 2022, part of the allure of sports in general, as a sports fan is, um, as just, as a fan of sports is, is kind of the, the reality TV aspect of sports and the drama that sports can create. And like, you know, I know this is a, this is a gross generalization and I know that it's, it's, it's a, it's, it, I know not everybody feels this way, but in a lot of ways I, you know, I, you kind of call sports like, um, uh, reality TV for dudes. Right. I mean, because it seems like, you know, a lot of times guys sit around and they're like, Oh, I'm not watching the bachelorette. I'm not watching this reality TV, but as soon whoa, as whoa, whoa, it, whoa, whoa, I, know, whoa. I know, I, mean, was, oh, the you're you're I know, there I know. Is reality you're talking to the, the yeah, I'm making a point here. I'm making a point here. But as soon as like Kyrie Irving starts bitching about something, all the guys are like, Oh my God, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch all this drama. I gotta watch him like mouth and something to Kevin Durant in the tunnel. I got to read into all of his interviews. So like it, it's, it's the, it's kind of the, um, the reality aspect of, of this track and this, this U uh, S championships that I think is it, it, in a lot of ways going to help the sport grow because it had that piece that, you know, you get, you get from baseball, you know, and when, when, when there's a fight in the outfield over a fantasy football league, or, you know, you get from, you get from football because you're wondering like, you know, what, you know what bill and tom are bitching about to each other behind closed doors or you, you, you get where i'm going with this like you had it yes. in track and field this week so i've
3: always said like the people who complain about sports drama whether it be like um players being divas or um you know uh, controversy or you know allegations or like um you know baseball had the, like the juice ball thing and steroids and all that people complain about these sports and say, Oh, I'm not going to watch this sport because of this drama or this childish stuff. Aren't real sports fans. Because like you said, Steve, the drama and these controversies and stuff like that, that's what makes being a sports fan fun. Like if it was just like, let's watch 162 baseball games or let's watch the NFL season. And uh, that's all good and great. But without the drama, without the storylines, it's nothing. It, it, it doesn't captivate you. Like, like it does because of the storylines.
0: Mike, Michael is just calling out like all of our uncles out there. All the percent like that just literally, you know, before pre-internet era, when they just like to go to Fenway Park and keep the book and actually like take <laughs> note of balls and strikes and you just called them not sports fans. That's a hot take. Is it
3: is it is it a fair thing to say that the NBA is bigger now than it's ever been? I know, like. People will point to the 80s and say that was the golden era of, of the NBA and blah, blah. But I'm talking just like viewership and like fans and like the hype around the NBA. Would you say right now is the biggest the NBA has ever been? Without a doubt. Right. Absolutely and the biggest and sport's ever it's been. because of the personalities that I mean, there's a lot to do with it, the way it's covered and the good things that the commissioner has done. But I think it has a lot to do with these personalities and kind of like how they've allowed themselves to grow the sport in that way
0: yeah and it's it's not just the personalities the access to the personalities right Correct. there's crazy personalities for the history of the speed I'm just saying you know to your point uh regardless of how you look at sports of whether you're you're invested in the the drama of it the reality TV aspect of it or you're following sports the reality is, is you need the personality showing. You need that that reality TV to grow a sport in this day and age. It's just not going to work if you're not showcasing athletes' personalities and we don't have access to those athletes and to the teams and to the coaches to see what's going on. And well, to Steve's point, we, we got that well, this weekend.
2: Well, to a certain extent, to a certain we're going sure. to dive into a certain part of that shortly. Um, what, I just want to say one last thing on that, on that point we were all just discussing there. Uh, Duke-UNC. Uh, the NCAA national championship this this uh, past winter or uh, this past March, um, uh, I w- my wife could not care less about basketball. She couldn't care less about college basketball. Never mind basketball. But I explained to her, like all the backstory involved with like Koshevsky and Duke and UNC, and then she was just all in on the basketball. game. like once I explained that backstory. Anyways, I digress. But you know. Um, we got a lot to dive into here. I've been, I've been taking, I've been furiously taking, um, just taking notes on the notes app of like all the like topics I want to cover. And I've like deemed this, my, uh, Creed thoughts list, you know, from the office, this, uh, Creed mm-hmm. thoughts, Creed just has a blog that he puts out into the, into the internet. For nobody to read like, this is my Creed thoughts. Like it goes from just like, Oh, I was impressed by this race to like, Fuck this person, blah blah blah. Here's why I don't like them. So this is my creed thoughts, and you know, uh, you know, Mike can kind of lead the charge here. But if we just want to like revert to my my uh, my my Steve thoughts uh, blog here on my iPhone, like we can just go story by story here. But before we dive into the stories, I do want to touch on one topic, and we have somebody calling in here shortly, just to kind of somebody some boots on the ground, just to give us some perspective of like what's going on at Hayward and what's going on in Eugene. Um, the, the fan attendance at Hayward in Eugene was nothing short of pathetic this week. Um, pictures like, you know, I, I, I'm sure a lot of like diehard track fans follow Jonathan Galt, like of, uh, of let's run, but like, he would take a picture like before the first final of the day. Like, whatever the final of that day was, he would take the picture of the stands and show, like, we have a, we have a big meet about to go on. we have somebody that's going to be crowned U.S. champion and um, there's there's nobody in the stands. And, like, I'm talking, like, a couple hundred. I'm talking, like, a thousand at best. Like, these stands were, there was nobody there. And, you know, I've, I haven't talked about it in a ton on this podcast, but if you follow me on Twitter, you know that, like, this is something I never stop like ranting about is that we never stop talking about like how we want to grow the sport. So we put, but to like com- directly go against that, we put all of the sports major events in the most difficult part of the country to get to. Right. You have to take like from Boston at minimum, you have to like, if you're lucky, if you're lucky you get to Portland with one connecting flight. Right. Um, and and then from there you got to rent a car and if you're lucky you get uh a a Airbnb that's just maybe a little overpriced and you know you, you're probably paying an, you're probably paying a small fortune to get an Airbnb or never mind a hotel room out there there's no hotels to get but it is impossible to get to and so you put all the sports major events out in this place where nobody can freaking get to and at a certain point you're just going to you're you're, you're just going to have events where people stop showing up when you could be putting these events in major cities. Like there are high school track meets out here in the Boston area that get higher attendance than was at the USA championship this week. So I guess my point is like, I think now that the mystique of Hayward field is gone, the old Hayward field is gone. You know, you can put this 300, $300 million um, beautiful stadium uh, out in the middle of nowhere, Oregon and Eugene, but like no guarantee that people are going to come there.
0: What I got out of that was Boston needs a nice brand new outdoor track. We got to start bringing some big outdoor championships to Boston. That's why it's not in Boston, right? Because we don't have a real track to host such a meet at, but you're totally right, Steve. You remember in uh, in Doha when they were paying people to, to show up, they were having like fake fans. Honestly, I was thinking you needed that. You needed to have this because you can't be trying to promote viral videos of electric finishes and podiums when you have a a uh, a stadium that that's half full. Um, so yeah, we need to find a way to get people there. That's a great point. I hadn't really you know dove deep into that, and especially today's day and age right this this year particularly when as someone who lives kind of in the middle of nowhere and i'm trying to get back to boston once in a while to see family for weddings and prices are just outrageous through the roof it took a group of us to really like just take it off the table to find ourselves and get ourselves out there uh, i want to hear mike's thoughts on this and then i have another this might be getting and some of your creed thoughts but is it Cree or creed i don't watch the office yeah oh. oh,
2: shut up <laughs> I, mike just <laughs> ignore I that I don't really, yeah i don't even
3: i don't even want to So I I have my take. It looks like our guy is here, and I'm going to let him into the call after my take here. Um, But I guess not even. It's just like, wait, do you guys not want the USA Championship at Hayward Field? Like, I, I like. I get. I get your point that it's inaccessible, and but I mean, it's it is the gold standard, right? It is like the mecca for for track and field, like. Do you not want the Kentucky Derby at um, uh, Churchill Downs? I mean, like,
2: it's way easier for me to get to Kentucky than it is to Eugene. Yeah, it's it's probably easier, it's easier
3: to... for you. But, but like, but I'm, not, no, I'm not. I think
2: my point is, is like Eugene is like literally like the toughest spot in the country. to get. I know. To. I, it's a good it, it, it's a good I mean, like, it's a good point at. Uh,
3: Maybe you were better off like keeping the old Hayward and having, like you said, the mystique, and you can still run like Fenway yeah, Park type, yeah, area. huge meets out of there. But dump this money into L.A. or Boston, Boston or Haiti. to, yeah. Well, yeah. obviously we won't. I I get what you're saying. It's just like it's a hard take for me to wrap my head around. I guess to be like, oh, we shouldn't be having the USA Championships at Hayward. Yeah. It, it it just feels weird to have that thing. Well, I don't know. Let's, we...
2: let's let our guy in here.
3: All right, here we go.
2: So we got, let's let him in.
3: Let's go. There he is. Chief, can you hear me? Chief, are you there? See, we can't even get internet connection with him all the (laughs) way. There's no internet connection in in that third world country, Eugene. What's up, Chief?
0: Oh, man. There he is. There he is. He's connected. No, 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 no. And we're getting that little zoom memo. Oh, we got hey, it. Yo, Chief got is
2: him. in the building.
4: What's up? Can you hear me?
2: Yeah. So we got we Heck got yeah. Ch- we got Chief from Bell Lab Track and Field Gear here. And and Chief, we were just talking. So we just started the podcast. We we're just saying, like, we have so much to talk about. And we're just scratch, we haven't even scratched the surface of the events yet, but we're just commenting on um on Eugene and Hayward and the lack of attendance. And we wanted to get we wanted to get, as somebody that's there, we wanted to get, like, is it as bad as it looked on TV in these pictures?
4: Uh, Might be worse. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, obviously, like, Eugene for the trials, is, is it's just a different feel. Um, I mean, trials years, you're going to get, like, a packed house. But in, in championship years, dude, Drake, Drake? killed it compared to eugene yeah. drake was rocking i don't it never got as loud the crowd was never as into it as they were in drake in 18 and 19 again i'm I'm ignoring trials because it's just a different environment but yeah i mean 18 and 19 drake was rocking and, and this place was just not <laughs> it was kind of sad i was telling my my brothers and and the people i'm with like it was just kind of kind of dull
2: <laughs> so Man, in and, it, and it, I was saying, I was just saying, like, it kind of feels like the Hayward mystique is kind of gone a little bit, and people are just feeling less obligated to go out to Eugene for something like this.
4: Yeah, it might be that. Um, obviously it's changed quite a bit. It doesn't feel like it's intimate. Um and and then I mean you've got Prefontaine out here, you've got the World Championships out here, you've got NCAAs out here, and I mean, you know, you guys know it's not an easy place to get to. There's no direct flights into Eugene from anywhere except for Portland. And if, by the time you get to Portland, you might as well drive.
2: <laughs> well, that's the other thing is we said it's, 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 it's arguably like the most difficult place in the United States to get
4: to. <laughs> yeah. And there's not enough housing for everyone. Like, obviously, um, I was talking to a guy. We we're out. We just were on a run. You obviously you meet people. And he said he had 32 hour trip to get to Eugene. That's he dumb. flew from.
2: Why are we doing? Why are we doing this? Like, and yeah, I, this- I know, I know, Nike controls everything, but I don't think Nike wants this. Nike can put it anywhere. Like, what are we doing?
4: I don't. It almost feels like they do because they just spent what they spend three hundred million dollars on this stadium. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have spent that type of money if they didn't want it here, right?
0: Yeah. It, it looks pathetic, though, when you have it on this. Like, like, if you want to showcase your stadium, this is not the way to showcase it. It's so nice that you have, like, 5% capacity on it. It doesn't, it doesn't
4: work. You, I think I read that the most people that attended, now they, they count ticket sales, right? So they, they showed the numbers on that. I want to say that it was only, like, 26 or 2,700. And didn't they tear down the old place because they said they needed more capacity? And the, yeah. it holds less fans now. Yeah.
3: You you well, mentioned uh Drake there at the top. And it's like I mean, maybe that's a better place to uh, I mean I, obviously you said it was it was rocking the years in eighteen and nineteen, but even just like it has not the same mystique as Eugene, obviously, but with the Drake Rela is alone, like Drake is clearly a um powerhouse name in in the track and field community is it like is that where we should be cementing our flags i was putting i mean i don't no. know how much easier it is to get get to drake but like i don't know like i, I just don't know i don't I, I, my I point don't is like so. i just don't i just don't know what the alternative is like we, we and, right. I, and I, I get everyone's point and like i i understand it's, it's the, the struggle boston, but i don't know what the chicago, alternative is. new
4: york la boston no. chicago
2: new york la do one of those cities no,
4: Austin, not Boston, yeah, Austin, maybe. Texas. Okay. All right. Austin, because like, it's easy to get it. It's easy to get to. They've got Southwest, you know, their hubs, Austin, right. right? So Southwest flies there and every other airline. So Austin, Texas and UT, they've got enough. Uh, it's, you know, it's the, the state capital, I think is Austin, Texas, right? Or am I going crazy? But um, they've got enough housing there, clearly. Um, LA, I mean- the didn't sack, mount SAC mount sack just build that huge stadium because they were going to have the trials there and then and then uh usatf backed out so there you go you got new york or you got la there um i could see boston maybe i don't i don't know the outdoor scene there i mean indoor scene like you guys could host anything and everything right right <laughs> uh new york they've got what is What's the stadium out in New York? They just had the New York Grand Prix there. That's pretty good. And clearly there's enough there. But I think you could do Austin um, because it could kind of take over the town. I think L.A. would get – it's West Coast, so you'd have, like, weird time zones. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's tough for the people coming from the East Coast and vice versa, right? If you have it in in New York, you, Nike people will be pissed. They got to fly from Portland and, you know, four-hour time – three-hour time <laughs> change. so. I think the the middle ground is you know find one of those cities Austin um, I don't know Nashville Chicago sure. although Chicago does not have a great place to host it
0: To to the point you made earlier though we, we can do one big track meet in Eugene like every every year every few years right like it doesn't have to pick one spot but when you had the pre-Fontaine when you have the world championships 3 weeks later if there are any like massive track fans that are going to make their pilgrimage out to Eugene for an event, if you can get the tickets, you're going to go to the world championships. Right. So that's, I don't know. I imagine people, people, because it's so hard to get to, people can only make so many trips out to Eugene to be a casual fan. So it doesn't have to like throw Eugene out of the, out of the, you know, the room here. It just can't, we can't rely on it the way we're on right
4: now. Let me ask you guys something. When was the last year that the trials were not held in Eugene, Oregon?
2: It's a great chippy question. Oh, 1995.
4: No trials, so it would have had to be like... 96, sorry. Yeah, I I think it was 96. I think nice you're right. But I mean, it. why do they get it every year?
2: Well, those Nike bucks. But, <laughs> Anyways, Brandon. All right. We're gonna we're gonna move on to some some racing here, but hey, just quickly, how many sing, how many bell lap singlets do we have on the track this week?
4: We had four on the track and one in the field.
2: Okay, very nice. Love and it. if you if you're not already following Bell Lap Track and Field Gear on Instagram, you got to do that Wait, right what are now. You doing if you're not, it's the only place where you can get like real legit pro gear, pro singlets, like the the highest end stuff available on the internet. You can get it from Cheap at Bell Lap Track and Field Gear on instagram chief thanks for coming on buddy
4: have a good one boys
2: all right enjoy the rest of your time out in eugene will do all right all right there we have it so it was worse than it looked on tv so that tells you everything you need to know um so enough enough bitching and moaning about eugene you know we we've 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 been down this road um I am gonna go grab a beer and then do we do we wanna dive into Steve's thoughts?
0: We could dive and see what, can I bitch and moan about one more responsible yeah, for party it. for the lack of fans here? Why don't, why don't you get a beer and I'll listen yeah. to Trent bitch and moan? <laughs> Steve doesn't need to hear this. So I think part of the blame of this needs to go on the athletes themselves. There are too yeah, many yeah. athletes that don't treat the USA TF you know, oh, championships. Trenton. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna probably dive deep into this. We're whole gonna bit. get into it, yeah. <laughs> and so get... this is just my preview. This is me gonna get my bitch and moan out of the way, and then I can have a conversation, you know, better about it. But too many athletes treat this like just another race there are people dropping out of finals because they already have their world qualifying there are people that are that are in there pacing their their teammates and then dropping out of of the men's 5k for example like if you want people to show up and treat this like a national championship and get rowdy and get excited and spend all of like your vacation money for the year as a track fan to get your ass out to eugene oregon i expect to see athletes on the track and in the field competing like it's a national championship and it's not it's like they're at any other you know significant meet in some of they were in there for a great workout. Some of them are in there to try and get a, a decent time, but there are not enough athletes out there that are like, I'm competing for a gold medal. Uh, and that's how it should be treated. That's how we need it. If you want athletes, I'm sorry, if you want fans to show up, I need all the athletes to show up.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's obviously one egregious example that we're going to get sure. into. I'm not, I'm not going to jump forward in, in, in Steve's notes here. Um, I, I don't know how you fix the problem, right? Because, it's It's an incentive thing, like right? Like what is the incentive for the athletes to to treat it the the way you're saying? So it is an athlete problem Trent, and I agree with you, but it's also like an industry problem. Being and incentive
0: like- is the Saudi Arabia public fund comes in here? And just puts the ass LIB, L-I-B <laughs>
3: track and field, baby. Let's the go. L.I.V.
0: U.S.A.T.F. <laughs> track and field championship. But again, that's a great point, Mike. Other than money, I don't know how you change the athlete culture. where not enough. Of these guys are treating it like it's a, a real championship. Um, but, you know, I guess that's that's for the three of us to sit here, have a few beers and figure out. But I mean, I have a billion thoughts
3: on on this and we're going to get to it. Like I said, in Steve's notes, but see, if you mentioned me, like I, I, mean, obviously like I have my notes here that we could run down. I, I, I prefer, I, I think I sometimes the whole structure thing and let's go this race to that race. And let's talk about how the, yeah, I, I really don't like doing that. I think we should just crack open your Creed notes and let's
0: just let it rip letter and, and and for the people out there, uh, I did Google it. it's Creed with like a D at the end. Like <laughs> Creed, so. Oh my God.
2: All right. So I mean, we're we're kind of gonna go in chronological order. So we're gonna start at the beginning of Steve's thoughts and just kind of go down the line. We might skip a li- around a little bit if some of like the notes are interconnecting or whatever. but we're gonna start off with somebody that's talked about quite a bit on this podcast. and our guy, Cole Hawker didn't make it through the first round. Reigning Olympian, the guy that has locked himself in Hayward Fields for the past year, refusing to leave Eugene for any sort of competition to prepare for this moment, to prepare to get a U.S. championship, to prepare to go to the, the world championships at Eugene and he will be there, but he will be watching from the stands. So now this is somebody that, I don't know. It's been an interesting topic on the conversation, the past a topic of conversation the past couple of months. Um, Mike and Trent are big time Cole fans. Um, I have made that's not true. That's not uh, You're tier fans. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I kind of I've kind of been getting on the coal train. <laughs> I've been on that's actually a great nickname, the coal train. The coal train. that is a good one. But you know, I get I guess I, you know, I'll toss it to your guys. i'll I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that is the guy that, you know, probably the favorite coming into this event, you know, has made a big deal out of staying in Eugene, not competing and just preparing for this moment. To not even get through qualifying, like what what do we have to say about this?
3: I mean, if you're the prodigal son, if you're the anointed one, if you are uh you know the the big up-and-coming guy, you cannot let this happen. Like you Kohawker cannot let and I'm not saying he can't lose. Like if he had lost in the finals, we wouldn't necessarily, I'm sure. Steve would have, of course, taken that opportunity to uh, to to slander in any way he possibly could. But we're not sitting here talking about him losing in in the finals. I mean, you 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 can't not qualify. You can't you can't not qualify. I mean, that is that's insane. And like it's it's coming off of, like you said, Steve, the the Olympic run and you're on top of the world and it's like oh oh boy is is someone reading their press clippings is that what's going
0: on here you can't not qualify so you just can't one of the more difficult things to do as people talking about the sport tracking field is to figure out what to do with the kind of like half-ass injury headlines that come out afterwards right so there was some story that he had been training on a bicycle for the previous 12 days due to an undisclosed injury. I've got no idea what Cole Hawker's injury was, but this kind of happened at the trials with Dunham and Brazier. Right. And it's like, Oh, how hurt is he when he shows up there? So it, 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 it makes it a little bit difficult to judge it. But I think at the end of the line, if you step on the line, Cole Hawker, you got to put up a real performance and you shat the bed. And you can't blame an injury for it. And so I, I kind of, I think I, after thinking about it, I got annoyed at that news story of, uh, of him on the bike for 12 days beforehand.
2: Oh, we're going to get into that in a minute because it transitions real nice into Perfect. our next story. But before we go there, did you see? So I know I'm going to get some shit for this. I know I'm going to get some shit for this. I think I might be a Fobble fan now oh my <laughs> good lord
3: after everything you've put me in Trent through the last like three let me episodes, explain
4: let me explain i'm just
3: saying after everything oh you can't commit to one thing steve you can't have a rival let me like we explain. It, like oh, now we're like every other podcast you like can't can't hold on to their rivals no, like no. But see, before me, there was a Cooper Tier, explain. and before there myself. was a Cole a Hawker, I'm just saying. Before there was Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier, there was only one. There was only one man <laughs> who was a rival for this podcast. He had every ounce of our energy as our rival, and you're gonna sit here, uh, whatever.
2: Go ahead, go ahead and explain. Okay. I, I was, I knew that would rally you up. I'm not a Scott Foval fan, but I just. I, oh no 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 oh, now no! Now he's going back, back on, on that. Now. Fine fine, I'll stick on. It. So
3: did we you, we said we liked one Instagram post, did, and all of a sudden we right, are stop. like Let the biggest you, you ball washers you, in the you world. To get
2: into the story or not?
3: What do you expect me to say, Steve?
2: Did you see what happened? No. Okay, so he kind of went on this guy, you know, a marathoner, a fan. At this point, he's just a fan of the sport, but somebody who is a, a pro athlete in this sport. Goes on takes to Twitter to say it's almost like only doing time trials and dodging real races doesn't doesn't teach you how to actually, you know, race. And it's it's it 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 it, it you know brought up a controversy, unlike the, the 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 track and field world hasn't seen for a very long time. Some people coming to Fobble's defense, most of the hawker tier stands coming to try and destroy Fobble, but you know, before we kind of go down this road and we dive too far into it, you guys were kind of giving Cooper Tier the, the you know, the, you, were, you were giving him a pat on the back for a jokey post. This is actually legitimate shade being thrown at somebody, you know, somebody big in the running world that's throwing legitimate shade at somebody else. Um, it, it's something that probably a lot of people want to say they can't and they don't, and the most unlikely of heroes in this situation, Fawble comes from the clouds to deliver a knockout blow. I love it. I lo- <laughs> you love I, it You no, love it too. You I, love it
3: too. I, I do. You're right. I do love it. The, here's my only problem with it, Steve, is it's a great sentiment and it's the right thing to say in that moment. And I know now we're jumping on your your creed notes here. Cooper Tier then turns around and makes that comment look stupid.
2: Fair, that's fair, right? Okay, that's so fair. it's
3: like, and, th- and then now all of a sudden you've given. You remember in uh, 2018 when the Red Sox won the World Series and David Price got on the the stand. Yeah. And he said, "Now I have all the cards." You just gave Cooper to your fans. All the cards, right? Like Fobble says that, and then Cooper Tier goes out and wins the 1500 USA Championship. Oh well, guess what? Now Let's Run has all the cards.
2: That's fair.
0: You, you still got it, and, and unlike Steve, we can compliment someone for an Instagram post without you know being a huge fan of theirs. No, Twitter but, post, not
2: Instagram or whatever. Get, you, get, uh, your Straight, yeah, yeah. Get, get your social media's face. Get social media's right. Uh, get your snap, snap faces right.
0: I was gonna say snap face and tweetergram, uh, but you do have to. Yeah, he he was wrong, but that didn't. Uh, or, or he looks bad when Cooper Tier goes out there and, and runs his ass off. But in general, uh, for the good of the sport, we need more people like Scott Fobble saying that because we can't afford to have, uh, you know, nobody take even the USATF championship seriously because there's, there's time trials to be run.
2: I did just get a shiver up my spine when you said for the good of sport, we need more people like Scott. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to become a fan, but I just, I just thought, that it was very funny that the one person who I was like, yes, that guy, that's what I, that's what I think. That's but what I think. And it, it happens to be Scott Fobble.
3: It makes, it makes way more sense now because you've dug in your heels so much on the, the, the tear hawker thing that it's like, uh, an enemy of my enemy is my friend type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so even if it's Scott Fobble, an enemy of my enemy is your friend. Um, Steve, any? uh, Would you? Do you care comment on Cooper Tier winning the fifteen hundred?
2: Well, you know, I no, I don't. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: we'll get there.
3: get there. All right, we're we're jumping ahead a couple days. All right, let's go. Let's go back to your notes. Let's go back. To your okay. Notes.
2: So I I then dusted up some uh, you know a little bit of crap on the internet. Uh, Got some people unfollowing me. A couple people blocking me on the internet because. Cooper Tier walked just blasted by all the media at the post-race interview. And mm-hmm. um, same thing that Shikari did three times, which we'll, we'll get into now. But my take on this is that every single other major sport has post-race, has post-game interviews. Making yourself available to the media – is, you know, good, bad, and ugly, win or lose is part of being a professional athlete. And I know that this is baked into the contracts of the major sports, but what I'm saying is, is like, Hey, track and field, like maybe this is something that we need to make part of the gig is that you don't get to decline questions after the fact you have to, you have to answer questions um, afterwards. So I, I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, and, and listen, like he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to stand there and answer questions. It's not in his contract. There's no penalty other than a couple people, a couple idiots like me on Twitter getting angry about it, that it's going to come back to bite him, but just kind of blowing by the media. I just, I don't know. It's, it makes it less fun. It makes it less fun to be a fan, right? Yes. Because we want to hear from you. And, you know, this was the big thing um, for Shakiri. Uh, didn't qualify in three events, um, and she just blasted by the by the media every single time.
3: So I, I'm gonna put both my takes into one here. I, again, I don't know where Shakari is on the on the notes, but I'm just gonna talk about it here. But agreed, it makes it way less fun to be a fan when people are doing that. I think you bring up a good point. The same point I was gonna bring up that they're not required to do it. Right. It, it's hard to compare to the other sports because like Marshawn Lynch has to go up to the 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 stand and say, I'm just here. So I don't get it. right. Like he's he's required to be there and do it where these guys, they're not, they're not required to sit there and talk to the let's run camera. You know what I mean? They, they, they just don't have to do it now. It looks bad and it's it's lame. Right. For for us. Um, but to your point, it's like. Well, maybe that's, a, a again, a problem, not with the athletes, with the sport. And like, okay, we know that people like to see this FaceTime. They like to see people have to answer for their performances. So maybe we should start baking these into contracts and into and, and, and these races that like, okay, you have to have a certain amount of FaceTime. Or certain athletes, you know, high-profile athletes have to have FaceTime. Um, so, but with all that said, like I, I wasn't super bothered by it with, with either of them when they just blowed by, like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's lame. But I must say, and I think I've been a, uh, Shikari apologist in the past. I really didn't care that much. Like it wasn't going to ruin my night when Shikari blew by the cameras. When Shikari came back out and went on her, like, complete rampage about how media is disrespecting athletes, yeah, blah, 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 it's like, Shikari, listen, you're a track and field athlete. Nobody's paying attention to this media. Like, you're not I mean, being it, disrespected. It, it,
2: that, and, yeah, like there was not a single disrespectful thing said about uh, – Yeah, zero – dis- Track and field media, it's just like – the the athletes come by and and the media gets down on they their give hands them and they kiss everybody's butt. Right, they, they give them by. cupcake give questions. Them, there's not a single difficult right. question that is asked that's, to anybody.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like this isn't like the NFL or like the, it, you're not getting hard hitting questions in these in these interviews. You're just really not like one guy we'll talk about later. But Donovan Brazier didn't get asked one time about the crap we're going to talk about. And I'm not I'm not trying to derail of that, but I'm just saying like. If this was just dis- if this was like hard hitting media, that would be the first question. asked. If this is the NFL. That would be the first question asked. So for her to come out and be like, oh, like the media, it's like, no, The in like, my opinion, is- in my opinion, the media needs to be a little bit more disrespectful.
2: Agreed. And um, uh, I think a lot of people may not know what we're talking about. So can you cut in the clip right now of her coming back out after she didn't qualify in her third event, came back out? for some random reason to to address media row.
1: Do whatever you want to do with it. I'm coming to speak, not on just my behalf, but all athletes' behalf, that when you guys do interviews, y'all should respect athletes more. Y'all should understand them coming from whether they're winning, whether they're losing, whatever the case may be. Athletes deserve way more respect than when y'all just come and throw cameras into their faces. Understand how an athlete operates and then ask your questions then be more understanding of the fact that they are still human, no matter just to the fact of y'all just trying to get something to put out in an article to make a dollar. Thank you.
2: Um, Trent, did you see this? I did see it. Yeah, the
0: respect. Okay. So yeah, like, show, show the athletes some respect.
2: So, like, here, here's what I am trying to understand what she is talking about. And the best I can come up with is... She's commenting on the media commenting on the fact that she didn't comment on her race. And that is the disrespect that Shikari is is feeling. And um, I, I I'm I am so turned off by Shikari after this after this meet. And I think that what we saw. In that like freak out from her, her like two-minute freak out to the media was her 15 minutes of fame coming to an end. <laughs> I think that I think that her hype was way too high. I think that um, her connection to Kanye was something that nobody else in the world of track and field has ever, ever has ever even like could nobody can comprehend that. Um, and you know, it's hard to give that to somebody and give these accolades to somebody. When they haven't really accomplished anything on the sport. Yeah,
0: I, I was going to say I, I think after we play this clip with Shikari you know, us and everyone else is probably you know not going to spend too much time talking about Shakari Richardson anymore. My my uh, my other thought on this is if you have an issue, you know, with with the media and the things, the questions they're asking, like you can be salty in response to the media and kind of a, a, with an attitude, right? Like it kind of creates some good content and you get good quotes, you get some good. Good video of it right we get good content to share it's just when you when you don't show up at all right that's when we actually have real issue with it like people get on uh and other sports and they talk to the media and they're a-holes all the time like you know bill belichick for example right we love it i love when bill belichick gets up there and gives his stone face answers i'm a huge fan of it because he's up there he's giving you content right we, we we're able to consume it and take it all in it's different when you you even Marshawn Lynch getting up there and just saying that one line was hilarious in the long run right at least get up there and give us something so that as track and field fans we can like get into your mind of what you're thinking yeah and, and like all this
3: aside Chicago was just bad like she was just yeah. not good like literally not relevant if she didn't blow by the cameras and if she didn't come out and have this rant the the problem is like she would be irrelevant like she was not good she was bad she was really bad so i, I think you're right i think like unless Shakari completely turns it around and like runs like the person who had this hype you know going into the trials uh it, it this is the end of the line for her
2: she got a Halloween costume on for every damn race she runs. So, <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed uh, to say yeah, that? Sure. I, 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 I like, like Shakari's re- style. I, I got I, 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 like I know you like shikari I like style. the hair. I'm, I, I I appreciate. Hey, did you see the tie? Did you see the tie? I did not see the tie. No. Okay. Yeah, she 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 wore a tie, in one of her races. Well,
0: she was dressing up like it was a business trip for her. She was out there oh, yeah. to win it. When championship <laughs> didn't really work out for her, it was.
3: Uh, she was dressed like it was. Uh, it was their funeral, right? Like the uh, who oh, did no. that? The, dressing uh, all
0: black. The Wizards did that against. Not that.
3: Like well, so. the Wizards, but the one I'm thinking of is the, the the Texans, the Texans. No, that, that's uh.
2: A- no, that's a, they, they wore their letterman jackets.
3: Oh yeah. They wore the funeral one and they actually, yeah. Okay, never uh, what
2: get, ga- wow. Some, I think that same season, somebody dressed in all black though. I know it was a different team that did that and the Patriots just destroyed them, So Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, on to see, we've done a lot of bitching and moaning so far. So why don't we get to like, give me the good topic. Well, let's get to some good topics.
3: Can there's, we, Just one topic. I, I, all right, why don't you wait. say, why don't you go, go. You don't, you, you might say it. Yeah, go for it. Noah Lyles. Yeah. Oh, well that was gonna that was,
2: I was gonna that was gonna be the cherry on top of the Sunday, but we'll go there.
3: I mean, if, if, if we have to go from all this negative stuff, if we're gonna go to a positive thing, we need I mean, we gotta go. This everything about Noah Lyles in that race is I mean, give this guy a bazillion dollars. You wanna make track and fields a huge sport. Completely, a thousand percent. Attach yourself to Noah Lyles. First of all, the race was incredible. I, he was dead in the water. He had no chance. There was literally physically impossible that you could like make up that much room in a two hundred meter, and he did it. And not only does he make up that much room. But he gives himself enough time to take the lead and celebrate across the line. Before in, he crossed the line. And not just, not just celebrate, but so cocky the way he did it. And so much swag. Like he had this planned from the beginning. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And then he goes up to the camera and he goes, always fast. Always bad. I mean, everything about that race was perfect, amazing, beautiful. I love Noah Lyles, he is the greatest thing in track and field history. Give that guy a billion dollar deal. That's the only guy you need for USA Track and Field. Fire everybody else. I don't care. I think that's the only guy you need.
2: I think that there's, I I was just gonna say this I think there's like two women in the conversation, but other than those two athletes, Noah Lyles is the single most important person in usa track and field like he is electric he has the personality to break it to to back it up um he it's not just it's not just it's not just cockiness he has he has the most cockiness on the track and field but he's like he's, he's, he's a really, really bright and smart guy every time he talks. And, you know, I think once, when he finishes races, he's still got all this adrenaline going, but every time he's away from like the finish line, he's like the most articulated guy in in the sport. He has this like very unique style that nobody else like has, he embraces that. Like he's into like nerd culture and comic books. Like the guy is just, he's one of a kind. And I, I think he's my favorite non like Patriot Red Sox Celtic athlete out there right now. I watched that race today and I was like, I think Noah Liza is my favorite athlete. I love this guy. When when he celebrated, he,
0: he like hadn't even locked, like he knew he had erased it. But as a, a, a you know, a non 200 meter specialist fan, I was like, the race is still not over yet. <laughs> like Arian Knighton still has a chance, but he was that cocky that, that into it, that he just like gave, uh, uh, the no, no, no kind of action to the young kid. Knighton's like that's 18, it. 19 years old and Noah's the veteran. He's like, get off the stage, young fella. Like this is still my show. There was no, oh, the young kid got, got to bring around, got to groom him as the veteran. It was like, get out of here, buddy.
3: that's
2: The thing I love about their relationship is Noah has taken a lot of steps to take Knighton under his, his, his wing because Knighton's going to be the guy like he's going to be the guy. But as soon as they step on the track, it, 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 there's no friends anymore. Like I'm here to destroy you, but off, like off the track and practice and stuff like I'm going to show you the way. But like, as soon as that gun goes off, I'm not showing you way. I want to beat you now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you ever recover from something like that.
3: You got this like 18 year old kid who's got this huge lead in the USA championship and just watches it dwindle and just gets yeah, embarrassed across the line. He That that dude might be done. He might be done
2: forever. <laughs> They're showing all these stats of, like, where Usain Bolt was in the 200 meters versus where Arian Knighton is in the 200. And they did this for, like, two days straight. It. It's just kind of unfair because Usain Bolt is a 100-meter runner, and he did the 200 as something, like, extra that he also was like, oh, I'll also go over here. And be the greatest of all time in the 200 because I can. So, like when they're showing these stats of like where Arian Knighton was at 17, 18 versus where Usain Bolt was, it's not really fair. But they're talking about Arian Knighton at like he's Usain Bolt for the entire track meet. And then <laughs> Noel Lyles comes in and just shushes him across the finish line. It's great love every second of it so yeah we I, I you know we jumped ahead there but i'm i'm glad we did um
3: vibes are back baby
2: yeah no no lies. and and one more comment on that i freaking love that noah and his uh his brother what's his brother's name his brother's um uh uh joe joe uh his brother oh, joe mind. josephus some i think it's josephus um next to each other in lanes in the finals cool. in, in, in in USA championship finals. That's awesome. It's awesome. I just thought that was, that was also, so cool.
3: Also tough to be Noah Lyle's brother though, that you can't even remember his name. I know. And, and I like, know. he's, he's still like in the final heat at the USA championship, like one of the best sprinters in the country. And you don't even remember his name because his brother is just yeah. the best.
0: He got third place. So he's going to be on the, he's going to be on the squad and you don't even remember his name. Right. Wait, did he? I just pulled up the results right now. No, oh, one I thought won. it was. Arian I thought too.
2: it was. I thought it was Lyles, Arian Knight, and it wasn't it. Um, he got third.
0: And now you know, there's a chance I'm looking at. Uh, oh, I might be looking at a. Uh, never oh, mind. Take man, that out. Can you scratch no. that, Mike? Oh, looking <laughs> at no. a qualifying I was trying to quickly pull up the results to see how he did. did yeah, it was curly. It was Fred
3: Curly. Here.
2: Yeah, Fred Curly. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: mistakes get made on the podcast. Right? But
3: right. his brother came in fifth, so that's still like. Pretty damn good. Yeah, there he is, fifth place.
2: Um, and since we're talking about like some of our, we're talking about our favorite people in the sport, we're we're gonna keep jumping around here. So let's just jump right to Sydney McLaughlin. Sydney McLaughlin goes out there, breaks her own world record, and I've like, I mean, we talked about it during the past Olympics, but um, I've never been like a huge 400 hurdles guy but it is one of my favorite events in the sport now. And it's a big part of city McLaughlin. Like what she like, she got me into the 400. I was like, she made me a fan of this event. And um, it's just fun to watch her, watch her run. And she is just so smooth. And like, they're even like commenting on the broadcast. We're like, ah, she's not really pushing. I don't know if she's going, I don't know if she's going to have a chance to go for her record. And like, next thing, you know, she, they're coming around into the last hundred he's like, they're like, "Oh my goodness, she's got a chance to do this and it's just because she embodies like smooth is fast, fast as smooth. And it is just it, watch her glide over the hurdles, watch her, you know, when she's powering down the, the straightaway, she's not choppy, it's all power, it's all smooth. like she's just a, a treat to watch. And she comes out here, breaks her own world record with nobody on her, with nobody on her heels, nobody pushing her. she kind of does it on her own. So it's incredible to watch.
3: Do you think there's a, a world record for how many times one person has broken the same world record? Because Sydney has got to be like getting dangerously close to that. It feels well, like every time she runs, she's breaking the world record. Like yeah, How many times she, can you break one world record?
2: How old is she? She's still really young, right? Yeah, she's... I don't remember but
0: it was surprised it shocked me when they said yeah. how young she was cuz she's she's been on Gatorade bottles like for early years 20 now, right give me give me a second
3: i think she's
2: like 23 or something right i will
0: tell you
3: exactly 24. how old she's 22 years old she's that 22. is that is 22. insane so,
2: so like that's insane very, like and i feel like it happens a lot in track and field where like we're promised the next prodigy in this event and when Sydney was 16, so we're going on, you know, six, seven years ago, it's like, Oh, this is the next prodigy in the hurdles. And and you, you got to take all that with a grain of salt, because I feel like it happens a lot in track and field where they're like, Oh, this is the next person. This is going to be the next greatest of all time. And it's just like, ah, well, we'll see. She's somebody that has panned out like that. She, when she was 16 years old, she was the, everybody was saying she was going to be the next greatest of all time. And she is. As a 22-year-old, she's the greatest of all time in her event. So, uh, and, and just continuing to get better, too. It, it, every time
0: she steps on the, the track, like uh, Mike was saying, the, the world record is is threatened to go down. So uh, there's, there's going to be big things coming up from her. Um, no Delilah Muhammad. Check out that for a little throwback from the Olympics. We had them one, two, uh, a couple medals in the Olympics, so no her, but uh, USA women's 400 meter hurdles is like got to be one of our strongest events going into the World Championships. I don't 100%. know if Muhammad will run there, but
2: well, it's easy when you got the greatest of all time. That's right. But on they they said this on the broadcast, and I couldn't believe it. But it's like if it, I'll I'll, I'll say that. if it was anybody else, I'd be like, that's just straight. There's not a chance. But on the broadcast, they were saying that when she's done with this World Championship run, when she goes and gets her her gold medal. her, her, you know, best in the world just in a a month here. um, She's then going to take a break from 400 hurdles and she's going to set her sights on running the 400 meter world record. She's just going to be like completely different event. I mean, I I mean, it's still one lap, but to go from no hurdles to hurdles, like that's unprecedented. Like that doesn't happen. So she's just going to be like, okay, I'm going to take a break from doing this. And I'm going to go try to break the 400 world record. And she'll
3: be awesome at that too. At, Steve, that tells me at 22 years old, she's just bored of yeah. being better yeah. than everybody. See, I'm
2: so good at everybody. I'm so good at this event that yeah. I just got I I to find a way to like make myself more entertained doing this sport.
3: Yeah, yeah 100%. All right, what do we got next? Are we going, All right, well, let, we going let's, let's we go on fun or angry.
2: Let, I mean, let's continue with, Let's continue with like, um, you know, prodigies, potential goats. Let's talk. Let's talk women's 800. Let's talk. Oh, oh, what a race. And, and, you know, we'll we'll start off by saying like, Mo, like she is the next thing in, in distance running men's or women's like, she is the athlete. Like she, she is, she's going to be incredible and she could go up. Or down she was. She ran. She was the national champ in college in the four hundred. She could, you know, she could look at Sydney McLaughlin going to four hundred and be like, ah, I want to go. I want to go do four hundred again." Or she could go up and she could climb to some of the the higher distances. Like she could do whatever she wants. But you have the wily veteran in Ajay Wilson being like, "Not so fast, young gun. Like I'm going to make you earn this," and probably the most exciting would you say the most exciting race of the of the usa championships where you know Pretty mo close, yeah. Mo does her thing she leads the entire race and ajay comes up on her on her shoulder down the home stretch takes the lead looks like she has it locked up she's gonna win it mo finds another gear and nips her at the finish line i mean this is just this was this was an awesome race
3: so I mean, first of all, Aji has like made a career out of beating people like that, right? Like running a nice race, sitting back and taking care of them at the end. So it was like, oh, Ajay, that's what she does. And Mo is just so good that she didn't even realize that she needed to like try harder. The second she realized that she might lose, it was like easy... And it's so hard to respond in that moment. There was so little, yep. so little race left. And Aji has all the momentum in the world. And to be able to respond like that, to make the decision to, like, pull it together and then to capitalize and to cover that ground is remarkable i mean that's crazy mo just thought she had it won like she thought it was over and then to be able to turn it over like that and to still take the win like that is like probably not the most technically sound way to to win and like her coach is probably watching and be like yeah that's not really how we teach it but that's just like pure and utter talent that is just like ridiculous talent to be able to
2: to do there's not many people in the history of the sport that can make that 100 percent
0: and Ashi timed it perfectly. She didn't give she Mo enough time to respond, perfect. right? Like if you if you get on Mo a little too early there with like, I don't know, 80 meters, 100 meters, most of that, that home stretch to go, then Mo is going to respond. But she timed it perfectly. There was, I don't know, 25, 30, 40 meters left. There shouldn't have been enough time. Mo responded. She's not the next thing. She's the current thing. She goes out there and dominates uh, this event like no one else in the sport and any distance event is dominating right now. Um, the other thing I loved about this meet for Mo was I feel like with her interviews and some of the stuff, I'm sure this is the kind of, or I don't know, uh, but some of the stuff that was on on social media, I feel like her personality came through more than we've seen before. Like she's owning being just a complete dominant force in this. We're seeing more of a personality. We're ready to see Mo just Mo's face on on everything, you know, advertising, you know, I know the next Olympics is far away, but, but we should be seeing her face like real companies should be using her for their advertisements, getting her in commercials. We should be seeing her uh, on the gram. Um, She's, she's ready. Obviously she was like fast enough to be the face of, of, you know, middle distance up for, for track and field men's or women's, but I feel like she, he personality or at least she's confident enough to show it off. And and now I'm ready to see her just uh, plastered on everything. She's Wait. already there,
2: Trent. She's in the Spike Lee commercial. You didn't see the Spike Lee commercial? I did not see the Spike Lee commercial. Oh, come on. It's only every every commercial break. This entire U.S. championship. I was yes. watching it. I was watching it on the
0: iPad. I had it on the different apps. So we weren't seeing... Uh, we were skipping commercials. We got, we got to get that
3: shit in the quote card. She's not the next thing. She's the She's... current thing. <laughs>
2: I'll sign <laughs> uh, that. You can put it on cards. I'll sign it for people. <laughs> um, hey, to anybody that says that we don't talk women's sports. We don't talk women's track and field. We are just as big a fan of women's uh, side as we are. I,
3: do. I don't even know why you entertain that. I don't
2: know. I don't know. But uh, since we're talking 800 meters, yeah, let's cut that. Can you cut that? No, nope, I'm
3: not cutting it. Right. I want them to hear it. <laughs>
2: uh, since we're talking 800 meters, um, let's, I'm, I'm angry. Oh, here so, we go. Yeah, we're done talking. We're done talking fun stuff. I'm angry. And I'm just going to start. I'm going to start with uh, the coverage, the TV coverage, not showing the men's 800 meters. What the hell happened? It was like, I know that the golf ran long, but then they just cut to Bryce Hopple crossing the finish line in first place. They didn't show the damn race. They didn't even show a replay of it what
3: i mean what happened you have to have the wherewithal to be able to delay that right to be able to just
2: is is the men's 800 meters not like one of traditionally the most one of the most if not the most exciting event in the sport and
3: steve on a world stage it is like for what? American men's distance running it is like our premier event right now right well, yeah, like I this would've... is the, this is as important of an event as it as you get for men's distance running
2: we should be sitting here breaking down our boy Bryce Hopple doing Bryce Hopple things um cuz he has a very unique race style which we love but we're not able to all we get to see is him cross the finish line, which, hey, I'd rather see Bryce Hopple in first than not in first, but I wish we were able to watch his damn race. Did you guys have a chance? So I, I was not watching it live. I was watching the
0: replays afterwards. So I watched the race. Did you guys have a chance to watch Oh, yeah, it? I, went,
3: I went back and watched the race. I so. haven't. I
0: haven't been able to. So Go, you, go well, ahead. Go.
3: No, no, you go.
0: So the race was, was typical Hopple fashion. He was pushed there a little bit, and then he comes in and through. But the most important part that you need to know, Steve, is that Hopple, Shows a little bit of fun personality at the end. He gave, I don't even know what his, his celebration was, but as he's crossing the line, it was kind of like a half salute, a half point. And so Hopple comes through. It was like, you knew he had the race and then he was being challenged by, uh, I don't have a, who was the guy that came in second, Michael? Do you have that in front of you?
3: Yeah, give me, two, so, you so keep talking, I'll give it, it to you. It was a typical
0: Hopple race, right? he He's in great position. He knows exactly where he needs to be. I think he was probably in like second going around. Like Mike? Was a co it was coach, oh, exactly. Yeah, coach, yeah. So so Hoppel makes his move coming around the, the the last you know 150 or so. And then all of a sudden coach like challenges him and coach is right up with them side by side as they come down the home stretch. And for a second, we're like, whoa, is, is mm-hmm. Hopple not going to take this? Hopple then has that extra gear, like kind of like Mo had uh, turns on the jets a little bit more, puts them away and then gives this weird, I don't know what it was, awkward celebration, but at least it was a celebration. It was like, here we go, Hopple. This is your event now. Donovan who like, this is what we need to see. And, and he showed it for us. So I, uh, well, first of all,
3: Clayton Murphy stinks. <laughs> he, he stinks. Um, and you, know, <laughs> you, you say like a traditional Bryce operates like, I don't know, like, maybe it was because I knew he won going into like watching the replay. But it just like never felt in doubt. Like, he kind of controlled the race. He was right where he wanted to be. And we're so used to like Bryce running someone down and like out leaning them at the line. And it was like, you know, going into 150 left to go he was in complete control of the race exactly where he wanted to be it was like it's over like it's already over and then on the home stretch he pulled away from the 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 crowd like one in pretty commanding fashion down the stretch like I don't know like again I could be biased because I was watching it already knowing that Bryce won but it just like never he never felt that threatened
0: I mean that that so I think if you watch it again, Coach was right there with like you know and that's that's the amount of confidence we have in Bryce Hopple that even when there's a guy like on his ass like that that's yeah but you know
3: you're used to him like coming from behind like so sure. to have that that little room and like yeah I know Coach was coming a little bit but there was too much room I think to be worried about Bryce I, I don't know again I, it it's tough for me to say because I can't go back and watch this race unbiasedly, like right like i know i knew Hopple was gonna win
0: but it just it never felt like it was in doubt i don't know uh can we get to an important topic on this race and really a lot of the adidas athletes what the hell was that that kit they had on that had like the suspenders kind (laughs) of overalls action they've been been
2: rocking that for a little while and i think they've been rocking that for the past year all right well i i I haven't paid attention
0: to it closely enough because when you look at it with all the screen time, it's like more shiny than I realize. It look that's the Halloween costume right there. Is these guys with suspenders on? We we I think I think
3: it was Sam Prekel that we had this conversation with, and it's like Adidas kids kind of stink. They do, they're the worst. They kind of stink, they never. I, I don't, it's, yeah, they stink. I, I
2: don't know. Like, I've they, never like, been a fan of like the 10 man kits. Like, I feel like they should have awesome kits, but like the Adidas kits stink. They, they're they just not good. Yeah. They're like, uh, I don't
3: know. Um, they, you know what, you know what it is? It's
2: the, uh, it's the European, like German influence. They try to go yeah. to like techie look and not enough. Like, yeah. But, um,
3: uh, do we, do we get to the yeah. elephant in the room here?
2: Well, it's not an elephant. We, we got to talk about it.
3: You gotta like, talk about. It. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start this.
2: He, he's dead to me. So let's give for the people that don't know what we're talking about. I love that that's how we're starting this this part of the the, the story here. Uh, he, Steve, so he is dead to me. I am not happy. I am
3: no I no, am no no no, no 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 no. He is dead to me. I am out right. on Brazier. I am out. I am. I am. I've, you know, we've always kind of played this weird game. Cause we're like, Oh, Brazier's awesome. But like Hopple's our guy. No, 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 no. Hopple is my guy. I love Hopple to death. He shows up to races. He run races. Brazier is a baby. He is a whiny baby and I'm done with him. And he thinks he is like hot shit. And listen, I get it. I get it that he is good. But when you just don't compete, when you avoid Bryce Hopple, every single chance you get and then you pull this bullshit move where you run the prelim just to get to the world's just so you can go and you don't compete at the USA championship. That is dog shit. You have, you know, one of the best competitors if not the best competition you're gonna get on your home stage right there that you can race against and you can get reps in and that you can fight for usa championship in bryce hopple and you avoid him again i mean this is crazy this is crazy that we've gone this long that we've had to say so many times how many times is brazier gonna avoid hopple he is terrified of him he is a baby back bitch and i am (laughs) done i am done with brazier he's dead to me i put him on my list i am done with brazier done
2: i love it i love Uh, it i didn't i didn't think we'd ever get here as a podcast but i love it and just to give the listeners that don't know what we're talking about uh brazier so he is the reigning I don't think reigning world champion should count if there's an Olympics in between. I think it like, yeah, he got, he got his ass whooped at the Olympics. He didn't show up. He
3: he, he decided after we like tongue bathed them for a year straight to just like completely not even show up at the Olympics and get his ass kicked.
2: Yeah. So if you're the reigning world champion, again, I don't think it makes sense that you can be the world champion this year's Olympic in between, but since the last, Sorry, I was so excited. My I accidentally hit my mic. Nike
3: Nike hiked your mic. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they got your they hacked your mic. Is
2: the reigning world champion. You get an automatic, um, you get an automatic bid in the world championships next year if you compete in the in the tri- like you as long as you race one heat then you, no matter what happens, you get automatically go to the world championships the next year that there is a world championships. And since there was Olympics last year and the last time they had the the, the world championship Brazor won. he gets that, he gets to exercise that as soon as he raced one heat. And so, and it wasn't like, it it wasn't like he ran injured or he ran poorly. He ran a one forty six, and then he just stepped off the track and said, okay, see you all at the, at the world championships which I agree, Mike, it's just bullshit. Cause we, we're all about competition on this podcast. Like since day one, like we want, we want to see people grind it out. We want to see people compete and at every single race, like that they're both at, we're like, okay, we're going to get a, a, a hopple Brazier matchup. And it's like hopples run the 800 and Brazier's is running the 600 hopples run the 800 Brazier's is running the 400. And you know, usa championships it's like if you're not gonna do it here you're just not gonna do it fucking anywhere so listen if that's the direction this podcast is going mike i i'm trent's making some faces like he might have something else to say but if that's the direction this podcast is going i'm on board. i can't let's go i can't wait I'm, i'm down i'm down i
3: cannot wait we, I'm we, gonna we, I'm gonna get we, my we, popcorn we, we, ready. I'm gonna crack my Miller I cannot wait to watch Bryce kick the shit out of him at Worlds if he even runs at Worlds. Honestly, once he saw Bryce qualify for Worlds, he might not show up. <laughs> yeah. He literally might not show up.
2: So we took we took Fobble off the list. So we had to put one athlete back on the list. That's right. I didn't think Bridges, it was gonna be Brazier. But I guess it's him. So no, I'm just gonna pile
0: on. I want to point out to the people that are unfamiliar with the pod too. The amount of times Mike has taken the over on like I don't know what it was one and a half Olympic gold medals for Donovan Brazier, saying he's gonna break every 800 meter world like Mike is the biggest Brazier die. I have yeah. I until have, now. I have said more nice things about Donovan Brazier than anybody ever on this podcast, even,
2: even after you the very
0: olympic trials you were like i'm still on the brazier train but steve when you got to get when you got up to get a beer earlier and you let me go on my my bitch and moan rant it was about athletes not treating this like a, a championship and so to to say like yeah the fans didn't show up how are the fans supposed to show up when guys like Dunman and brazier aren't going to treat this like a real championship as of you know i don't know when the olympics were 12 months ago so As of 12 months ago, 14 months ago, Brazier was like one of the biggest faces in this sport. Now is a chance for him to redeem himself and get back into all uh, of the front of our attentions and to cement himself as an actual elite 800 meter runner on the world stage. And he just punted. He didn't even show up. So yeah, I I am more than happy to get on the anti-Bem Brazier train.
2: And I, I want the two crew to know that Donovan Brazier has stood this podcast up, I think three separate times for an interview. I think it's three. I think it's three he, times. He so, has been on the pod.
0: He, we did have uh, a brief interview with yeah. Steve on the pod, but he has not been on for the extended interview. But uh,
3: So he you, stood us up you three times. Up.
2: And, and I, and and I, I want to say, um, oh, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead, Mike.
3: I was going to say you bring up an incredible point because we have given him so much We slack. He, We've given him, so, because not only did has he not come on the podcast, but he has agreed to come on the podcast a number of times and just go says like clearly it gets to the point where he's just playing games with us. Like he knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he does. And so, all right. I, I'm on this cause we, we freaking love Hopple. Hopple's our guy. And so like, how many times has Bryce been on the podcast? At least twice. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, I think, Hey, I went the one time I had media credential Bryce Bryce came up to me and dap me up and said be too early what's up buddy and so like yeah Bryce is our guy and so this is the Bryce Brazier matchup should be like uh, a bird magic type matchup where that helps push the sport forward right and you can't be a fan of bird and magic you got to pick a side so let's pick our side
3: Just to be be clear, at this point, we have now made rivalries with Scott Fobble, arguably top three U.S. marathoner in the world. We've made, or I've made rivalries with Matt Centrowitz. I've also said bad things about Galen Rupp, so the top marathoner in in America. Uh, Matt Centrowitz, I've said terrible things about, you know, arguably the best miler in the country. Uh, And now...
0: Cooper Tier is the best. Walker, Cooper. Yeah. Tier.
3: And then now, uh, Donovan Brazier. So my list is, 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 is it not, not an easy list to defend, I would say, but I stand by it.
2: That's the P2E difference, right? We just said that, uh, the media row is typically just ask us after ask us after ask us. Like we're, we're genuinely fans. Like we are, it's our job to pro- promote, fandom in the sport. And you can't have fandom if you don't dislike the people that you're your favorite and, athletes at community events
3: and to be fair like my rup centro tier hawker all four of those are pretty like oregon elitist based well that and like i guess i don't have like a super good reason to not like them i would say my fable one i have a decent reason brazier i gave every chance in the world i yeah I would
2: say, I would say, I would say, I tried so, so hard. Ago, this is a Brazier podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah. I tried so damn hard to be like the number one Brazier guy on planet Earth. So I get like if people give me a hard time about my takes on all those other guys because some of them are baseless, this one is not baseless. This one, it, it, this is a breaking point for me. A, a complete oh, break. I
2: remember what I was going to say. Okay. Didn't Pete Julian just last year throw shade at other clubs for not racing? Oh,
3: Steve, he sure did.
2: I mean, what the fuck?
3: (laughs) Yeah. He sure didn't.
2: uh, Anyways, all right. I love it. I I was not expecting that turn, but I'm glad we're here. So, uh, all right. On to, you know, let's go to a Pete Julian athlete that I am much more pleased with right now in uh, Sinclair Johnson uh, Sinclair is to be
3: honest, I forgot. She was a Pete Julian. Actor. Well,
2: well, that's part of what I wanted to talk about, right? Sinclair is back. U S champ. Sinclair she's is back. So back. He's back. And we are a Sinclair podcast. We've been Sinclair podcast since, you know, since her college days, like we are huge fans of her. And something that went under the radar, which I'm surprised we haven't talked about until now, the switch her leaving Bowerman was not like there was not a big enough deal made about that. It was just like kind of one day, she was just part of union athletic or uh, Pete Julian's team. Um, it was, it just kind of like happened overnight. Nobody really talked a ton about it. Um, but they were bringing up some really good points in the broadcast. I was like, um, uh, Bowerman is much more of a strength based program where, uh, Pete Julian is more of a speed-based program. And so it makes more sense for her as an athlete. But I just thought, uh, you know, I was watching that. I was like, I know she's not part of Barman anymore, but I just like, it's just registering now that we've never talked about on the podcast. And I've just, I haven't gave it a ton of thought and it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that kind of went,
3: I feel like I knew this, but maybe it was just because it was so under the radar that I, I hadn't fully processed that. Right. And it's like, and and Steve, when did it like? Is there any correlation between when that switch happened to kind of when she has, you know, she went to a slump, and then the last oh, yeah. six I months or so has been back like back to full form, back to the Sinclair from a year ago.
2: I think it's a direct correlation. Okay, I think it's it's like a perfect correlation. I think you know, I mean, she at the trials last year. I mean, she finished. She did not do well at the trials, and she was in a Bowerman singlet. And you know, she now she's in a Union Athletics singlet, breaking four in the fifteen hundred. And you know, the the our our best female fifteen hundred meter runner that we're sending to uh to to worlds.
3: And she ran that race perfectly, yeah. like two eighty, perfect. The the move on the back stretch to I think she came into the back stretch and like first of all on the inside in like fifth or sixth place kind of like looked like she was boxing a little bit was able to squeak out made a perfect move on the back stretch to put herself in second going into the turn hung there in the turn and then out kicked on the home stretch. i mean like every piece of the finish of that race the last 300 meters of that race could not have been run more like if you write a textbook and you want to show somebody how to run the last 300 meters of a race, show them that race every single time, every high schooler who's a miler should watch that race a bazillion times. That is exactly how it's done.
2: And when you, and she was going into the last 300, um, just because I, I, we're talking tactics and I want to bring this up and, and she's the outside's kind of moving a little bit, but she's on, she's in the second place on the pole. And it takes a lot of um, patience. It takes a lot of confidence to be like, no, no, this this is gonna break up a little bit. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my opportunity to move here. It's not now. Where I think a lot of people in that moment panic and try to break out and they completely screw up their last lap. But she stayed right on the pole. She let the race develop in front of her, and sure enough, she had her opening and she went. And like that's something that only comes from just like I said, being ready to run that type of race and just having the knowledge and confidence to make it happen. Yeah. She, she sounds like she's got a better training
0: plan for her. I think she's got a little bit more experience under her belt now. And this kind of felt like a a torch passing for me. It felt like Sinclair was, you know, rightfully finding her place as our top 1500 meter runner. Uh, Ellie didn't have herself a very good weekend. I know she's probably, you know, proven to be maybe a better three K five K person, but uh, she did not have herself a killer weekend Um, you know, Shelby's unfortunately not in the picture right now, but Sinclair, it felt like this was her finally. And, and we, we, I mean, credit to us. We've been a pro Sinclair podcast for a while now. This was her like taking the 1500 meter belt and, and tactically running it the best, but also pulling away and looking like nobody else could even compete with her speed down the stretch there.
2: I think, I think Ellie's, uh, uh, being a new Englander like myself, um, more of a strength-based runner i think the heat beat her up pretty good out there i think it was a warm weekend in eugene
0: it definitely was it was hot as balls out there it was they were showing like 92 93 in the track at some points ellie there was yeah i mean that that probably played into it there was a point i don't know you know 12 months ago or something uh where she kind of looked unstoppable though no matter what the weather no matter who was on the line next to her, it was like man is ellie gonna be like the best, you know, and how many events can Ellie be the best American female runner in right now? Uh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to bury her in a grave right now, but uh, it wasn't her weekend and somebody like Sinclair just comes out and, and is, is putting blazing fast times down and running super smart that um, that'll be a fun, you know, head to head, I guess, moving forward. Same with, you know, Corey McGee still doing her thing. So, um, but it, yeah, just, just fun to see Sinclair finally kind of take that belt. Cause I think we all knew she had it.
2: Yeah. Wish Heather Heather McLean was in the mix, but can't have everything out there. Um, you know who I wish was in the mix, Steve?
0: Oh, Shelby. Me too. Add, add that to your to your takes that people don't get excited about But <laughs> Yeah. The the anti censure anti-rev, <laughs> anti-coal,
2: and then pro-Shelby. <laughs> Listen, if you tuned into Peak too early to hear what everybody else is talking about, you tuned into the wrong podcast. So. Um, all right let's see we should probably
3: not talk about christian
2: coleman oh Uh,
0: yeah we can we can still skip that one (laughs) although you know let's do a quick little thing on christian coleman love seeing him back pro christian coleman in general but what that's another dunman brazier moment just decides not to show up that was bullshit man if we want to have a real championship we need our best athletes running finals that's what i'm saying yeah we'll just we'll skip that one (laughs) um all right fine let's talk men's 1500 meters can i can i start on this one go for it i kind of want i kind of want steve to start though all right you go
2: ahead steve well so um oh here's where i'll start on this coming into the last turn we had let's see uh uh prekel good and win all in the lead and it was an awesome race so and then, and then it looked the like that turned was off. coming into the last turn. It looked like that was going to be the podium. Frekel, Gregoric and Win. I was, it was looking great.
0: All right. And, and, uh, and I totally agree. And we didn't have to watch the finish, but before that happened, this race sucked. There was just a bunch <laughs> of guys out there like speed walking for 1200 meters. And then we watched the 400 and Cooper Tier had the best, like 400 speed. I hated it. I, I hated everything about, uh, the massive pack when still like with 1200 meters into this race.
2: And, in Trent, did you see like at the very, like in the, um, I think it was with 300 to go or something like, or 300 into the race. Um, uh, tier was like pretty boxed in and, he was like pointing and they just like let him out of the box did you see that it was like what are you guys doing like this guy's gonna mop the floor with you and you're just letting him have his way on the track with like what lane he wants well well they already
0: decided that someone like him has has the opportunity to say because they all just decided to to jog out I know that that's advantageous to some guys in there right like I like Henry Wynn I think runs well in in, uh, a strategy like that but I mean, come on. No, Nobody even tried to, like, mix it up in there. And so you might as well just give them the, the, the red carpet to the finish line.
2: Yeah. Like it, it felt for a while there. It felt like men's 1,500 meters was in really good hands. And you watch this race, and it's just like, fuck. I just – this was, like, the least entertaining event of the entire track meet. So, I don't yeah. know. And
3: I – uh Henry Wynn and Johnny Gork, they just frustrate me. Like they're my guys and I love them. And I like I know they've both shown the ability to be throw crazy fast times down. Johnny just like hasn't been able to get in the mix in year, like literally years now. And then Henry Since we had him on the
2: podcast.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly. Since he, yeah, since he ran that three forty nine at BU, like he just has not been able to get in the mix. And then um, Henry is just like he's so he's an absolute roller coaster ride. If I you're love hen, if you are a I Henry, Henry Winfin, but He
2: has he he he's a spaz in terms of like where right his rate. Like dude, I'm watching. him like guy, settle down, stay in your lane, settle down. He's just like but. Bouncing around everywhere. He's in lane one. He's in lane three. He's in lane two. He's in second place. He's in last place. The guy just is a spaz on the track yes. sometimes.
3: And like he's the opposite of Sinclair. Like Sinclair runs the perfect race. Henry, technically, terrible race. And that's he's a roller coaster. Like he, one race you watch him and he looks like he could be, you know, an, an Olympian for for the 1500 and then the next race you watch him just like yeah this guy like you said he's a spaz and he just like he'll never be able to figure it out he's he just the, those two guys for me are very frustrating to be fans of and then my guy sam you
2: he know, was he, the only he was the only person that showed any sort of aggression on the track like 100 percent like and, he, he he was He was like, "All right, if this is what we like, if I don't, if I don't take the lead, then this I don't stand a chance." So credit to him to jump into the front and being like, "Well, somebody's got to make this race." Hundred percent. It's like, like we've talked about a million times. Sam
3: will always be there. He's the most consistent racer in in the country. But he's just like he's an absolute competitor. Always puts himself in a chance. And yeah, like he. I don't know. I I love watching Sam race. I know it didn't work out for him. It's like tough for me to say those things about Henry and say those things about Johnny and then like be praising Sam, but Sam is the ultimate racer and I, like a a guy like Henry and a guy like Johnny to me are way more talented than Sam, but Sam is a better racer. Like he is a great racer, so it's like I I don't know. I love seeing him out
2: there. In 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 the state of international racing in the 1500 meters. We talked about it just on last podcast where guys like Ollie guys like Kerr, it's a all out balls to the wall effort with perfect tactics. And I just look at a race like this and it's like, yeah, tier, I guess is going to compete, but it's just like, we don't, after that it's a steep drop off before we have anybody that can really get in the mix there. So, I mean, the only, I, you, we have to give
3: Cooper credit. Like he is the USA champ, right? Um, but I mean, if you're looking at a guy who's going to compete at a international stage, like you said, with the state of the international stage right now, I mean, Hawker was probably your best bet, right? I mean, if you have to choose between Tier and, and Hawker, to to compete at that stage the guy who has the best chance to compete at that stage didn't qualify for the finals which sucks but like i mean yeah tier tears usa champ do i think he can run i mean maybe he can prove us wrong i don't know right like can can a guy who's a, a a 5k specialist Win the USA champ in the 1500, and then go compete with these curs and Hor and and like I don't know, maybe, but I don't think so. I, I I don't think Tier has that in him to compete with those guys. And if he tries to pull what he like race the way he raced in this race,
0: that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work against those guys. Absolutely not. I would have liked to seen Cooper hop in the 5K too. I'm I'm not sure. You know, like on a world stage, if he's, he's going to be better suited for the 15. So I didn't like that. I also was disappointed with our guy, the goose, too. I thought if anybody Mm -hmm. uh, had a chance to kind of like compete on the world stage out of this crew, especially with no hawker in there in the finals, um, I was hoping for a little bit more out of your red.
4: Yeah.
2: And I just, I just hate, I hate not having angles and centro in this mix. Like those are two guys that every time, you know, this time of year comes around, I want to see competing, love them or hate them, right? Like, it makes it, w- it more
3: fun. It certainly makes it more yeah, fun. Yeah.
2: There's just two personalities where it's just like you kind of come to expect in this event. So, I don't know. I don't know. Disappointing, but all right. Well, I I think that's the end of Steve' thoughts. Mike, do you have any? Do you have any? I don't, you- I don't really oh. have anything to say on it, but I, I was
3: a little bit. Um not critical, but not nerd. I don't really know what the, like after Grant lost the 10 K, I was like, Oh wow. You know, Grant losing. That's crazy. Grant comes back and he wins the five K. So it's like, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, okay, whatever. He finished second in the 10 K. It's like, let's not pretend like Grant is not the the top distance runner you know, 5k, 10k guy in America, he is, he got beaten the 10k. It happens. He was on a crazy winning streak. He came back in the 5k to show everyone, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to world in the 5k, 10k, and I'm your best bet to compete in both of those events. And that's true. Even though he lost in the 10k, he's still our best bet to compete in both those events.
2: Let's have Grant
3: on soon. Yeah, we got to get, Grant back. Uh, but besides that, no, I mean, we pretty much hit
2: all of my notes. I do want to a uh, couple couple notes outside of uh, of um, uh, USA. Our guy Sam Parsons, who's been injured, went to uh, to the the, the German um, mm-hmm. national championships and he ran a real Bosley race. Ended up getting nipped in the last four hundred, but finished second. and I believe he's going Worlds. I actually am not positive on his. Um, if he has the standard, I don't know what this, I didn't check on that, but I assume he's going worlds, um, which is cool. Kerr, uh, ran a really ballsy race in the, uh, in the British champs, um, you know, took the lead with 400 to go. I think he finished third. Um, but it's just him and Whiteman. It's just like two heavyweights duking. And it's like duking it out. And he finished third because he, he tried to win it he could have easily finished second to Whiteman if he played a little bit more, uh, strategic. So like, you know, the rivalry of Kerr and Whiteman's like one of the great rivalries in the sport, um, to see, see those two just kind of keep going back and forth. Um, I was, I was eagerly waiting like to see what happened there, but you know, I don't think, I don't think because Kerr lost does, I don't I don't think it takes away anything from his, uh, from where he's at when he comps last year and like where he is going into worlds, I still think he's going to do better than Whiteman at worlds. So um, yeah. Yeah. just wanted to, to make those two notes, but anything else, gentlemen? I think,
3: I think I'm all tapped out. That was a, a lot of in-depth nerdy track talk, but I think we were able to, it was probably like the, Seven high noons I had coming into this, but I think we were able to keep it a little bit light and not too nerdy. So that's good. It was a roller coaster of emotions. It was. That's true. We, I feel like we did it well because like we could have very easily just come in with all the things we hated and then followed all the things we loved or like vice versa. We kind of mix and match. We were like one thing we hate, one thing we love, one thing we hate, one thing we love. So it it kept it for the most part even keel. There's a couple moments that motions were a little high but besides that it, it could have gotten a lot worse i think
2: i wasn't expecting the brazier but uh i'm yeah, like well, a here for it and we
0: weren't ex- i mean the fobbled suite we all liked we weren't expecting to be a pro fobble podcast and anti-brazier <laughs> podcast. Into that. um
2: uh cool so we wrapped up our our uh, USA's uh, recap there. Just wanted to make uh, a note uh, before we kind of head into the end of this podcast. Um, a week ago, yesterday, uh, my brother Chris and I ran a relay race. So it was a six-person relay held up in New Hampshire, and it went from it was five different breweries, and it was just like all these different breweries up in New Hampshire. Very cool race put on by Millennium Running, and. Uh, uh, we did it with two people. So it was a six person. You could do a two person, three person, I think like four person, six, person whatever you could have multiple different types of variations of a team. Um, but as a two person relay, Chris and I had the fastest time out of any team out there. So, um, just marathon train's going well, boys. I don't know what to say. Did, did Chris run every leg and he just <laughs> got in water? Split it down the middle, baby. Split it down the middle.
0: That's not what I heard. I heard it was split not so evenly down the middle.
2: All right. So he so it was I had 12 miles. He had 14 <laughs> miles. Okay. I'm sorry, we split it as evenly as possible. But uh yeah, so yeah, I just just wanted to make that comment. Fun race, by the way. It was awesome. We should all do it next year. Um, yeah. So shout out to New Hampshire. Yeah. You guys got anything else before we hit the bell lap? Oh. All right, let's get off the bell app. Mike, what do you got people on the bell app?
3: Well, Trent, your Celtics lost it for us. And I say that because it's your Celtics now. For a while, we took ownership back of it, uh, you know, the the three of us. But now that they're losers, I I put it back on you. Your Celtics lost us. However, my Red Sox just rattled off a 19-4 and stretch um so yeah i mean i think just reminding the celtics who, who uh the best team in boston is after those bums stunk
0: and uh just keeping an eye on the red Sox. trent
2: what do you got for people on the bell app
0: shout out to uh to two crew member and uh my fiance megan she ran a <laughs> 15 kilometers started with two crew members that's right (laughs) (laughs) Tranna, a a 15k trail run at the uh, jackson hole mountain resort today but it it was pretty fun checking in for that so it goes about halfway up the ski resort um but you you, uh you check in for the race and and megan asks the person like this may be a naive question but do i need do i need bear spray for this race because you know (laughs) we're, we're meandering trails and the woman just responds like uh, no, there's, there's 150 people in the race. So I don't think the bears would give you trouble. There are four moose in the area right now. Um, so watch out for that. There is one bull moose, but. He, he's a little higher in elevation last time we checked, so I think you're good to go. I was just thinking, when's the last time you guys have entered a race where you had to ask about the bear spray, and then they give you warnings to keep an eye out for the <laughs> moose that are running back and forth across the trail. Uh, so it was a pretty cool event. Very, uh, I was unfortunately... It, it really... You guys, you guys should be scared for me for Indianapolis because that got my itch going. If I want to get like the competitive juices going, I need to start in the start line and see people running up the resort and dodging moose on their way. So uh, shout out to the event. Shout out to Megan and, and watch out, fellas.
2: Well, we got 18 weeks left, just so you know. Like a, that's like a whole year to go. <laughs> um, Shout out Bull Moose Party, by the way, Mike. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. My bell app was if you're not betting the Red Sox right now, you just don't like money. So that's my bell app. Um, and also, uh, draft Kings, let's get our raft together. Let's get the lines up for world championships. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Krauser minus a thousand minus 2000. I'm putting my entire net, just put your entire net worth on Krauser. You're going to make money. That's a um, good point,
3: Steve. I'm, I'm picking a bad time to move out of
2: Connecticut. Yeah. Um, just drive up to Pelham. Um, Oh, sure. quickly. We had our boy chief on, um, They had lines on, DraftKings had lines on Prefontaine Classic because of Chief. His friend wrote an article saying what the lines should be. He emailed it to DraftKings, and DraftKings used the exact line. So this was supposed to be a topic on a a podcast a couple weeks ago. I forgot about it, I'm just remembering it now. But we should get working on an article to create the lines for Worlds and mail it to Krauser Cr- plus plus 2,000 I was, I was about to say
3: maybe <laughs> maybe shift them a little bit in our favor
2: no no Krauser plus like th- or minus 350 right yeah, yeah, yeah that's, it. that's it That's that sure works for me so um, so anyways if any like if if there's any perspective like uh, odds makers that want to work for drafting start making track and field lines and start sending them over there and, and copy us on the email so we know it's coming um, but uh, other than that boys the athletic integrity unit is at my door and I gotta go get a burrito. Mike, hit me with the jokes. Josie's
1: on vacation far away. Can I-
2: I would break my computer. I'd quit.